Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Storm King's Teddy. This is a recap of session 16. How you doing, Kat? How are you? Uh, <laughs> I thought I lost you for a second. Um, it, it sounded like you were talking out of a hole for the first part of that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, work today, so I'm not used to working on Mondays. And it sucks every bit as bad as everybody says. So, um, but, um, yeah. So, had to uh, cut out early on session last night because... Uh, I have to get out of bed at three in the morning and, uh, 10 o'clock was not going to fly. So, uh, maybe when I was your age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised at the time I go to bed. I go to bed pretty early for my age. <laughs> and what is your age? I'm 25. Uh, almost 26, right? No, I'm almost 25. I'm like a month away from 25. Oh, I thought you were turning 26 this year. No. That would have made you exactly, well, not even quite exactly half my age. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so let's uh, let's talk about um, session 16. Um, so I was there for the first half until the break. And we had a grand melee right outside of spare parts. And I thought we were going to be in a lot more trouble than we ended up being. Still lost some uh, some NPCs, but uh, everybody survived. Um, so um, the Captain Trowleth turned into um, a the Storm Giant, as we mentioned last episode, and <clears throat> your um, your reasoning that it was one of the daughters was dead on, yeah? Yep. So, Turns out she was the princess of King Hecaton and Queen Neri. Um, don't know if there's more princesses out there. I think they. I think the lore states there was... There's probably like three more, maybe. I could be totally wrong. I have no idea. But something tells me he had like four daughters. Is that princesses? Princess and Princess I. Princess I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think princesses is right. I never understood the English language uh, the way it works. I mean, uh, multiple ox or oxen, but multiple boxes are boxes, not boxen. Yep. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, good job on that call. That was uh, that, that just shows you you've done more of the homework than I have. Ah, thank you. Uh, so, um, Grand Melee, uh, we got to uh, get into some of our level five abilities. That was fun. Uh, I had, uh, for myself, I was able to cast uh, both Spiritual Weapon and uh, Spirit Guardians in the same round. That happened the previous session. But uh, they were still active this session, and my spiritual hammer was whipping butt. Um, that was, I mean, I was hitting targets that were as hard as a brick wall, so, I mean, I wasn't really putting them down, but uh, I was doing decent damage with it, and the Spirit Guardians is always uh, always good for radiant damage. So, um, so um, we... Um, we picked up with the second round of combat and the drove that were coming in from that alleyway that I was over by were being a little pesky. Um, the, uh, bolt throwers that were in the, the big, uh, courtyard melee, they were also trying their best to, um, kill off both uh, you know, Im important NPCs to us. They were aiming at Bubbas. They were aiming at the storm giant. Um, but, um, man, uh, Winifred got into combat, um, and Prue was doing some huge damage with that crossbow and, and then took a shot with her rifle and it locked up on her. Uh, actually, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. She fired the rifle the first time, uh, 
and um, had like a crit miss. So used an inspiration that was given to her by Portia. And wasn't it Portia that gave her the inspiration? Yep. And, and, and so re-rolled it and it was a hit. So it did good damage. And then wasn't it just the next round, another nat one. And so it locked up and there was no inspiration at that point. Yeah. Um, she like got a shot off, then the nat one, and then the inspiration happened. Next round of combat shot, got a shot off, then nat one again, but you know, couldn't do anything about it this time. So I think she just opted for her crossbow after that, or I think actually combat, um, ended before it reached her next turn i don't think that the because it required an action for her to unjam the rifle and i think she did that after combat and let's see so uh, everybody was pretty much in the thick of things uh we did end up taking care of everybody that came into the courtyard I think the last one that got taken care of was one of the bolt throwers. Um, and the storm giant ended up picking them up and just ripping the ballista off their back. Yep. It was pretty much just clean up in front of spare parts. Um, everyone played a crucial role and, and taking down every bad guy. I know, um, Portia was slinging out chaos bolts towards those drow that were um, coming in from that side alley. And she made it a point to like be pretty nasty towards them and like slinging out curse words towards them or whatever. Um, Prue was just killing things with the rifle. Winifred was getting up in the thick of things. Uh, Lars. So, So question for you. Yeah. All right. Prue tears shit up at range. Yes. And Lars tears shit up close. Who do you, you think mean, does more damage? You mean Winifred? Yeah, yeah, not Lars. Yeah, Winifred. <laughs> uh, although Lars um, makes it makes these guys hit a whole lot easier. Uh, yeah, yeah, Winifred. Um, so, who do you think does more damage, Winifred or Prue? Um, right now, I would have to say Prue. Um, later on, I would say Winifred might outshine, um, with the sneak attacks slowly becoming better and better. Um, having two attacks with Prue is just phenomenal. Oh yeah. And that just, that alone is an insane damage output. But for, for right now, I think Prue is still top dog on our damage and Winifred is a real good second behind her. Yeah. And I would and I'm I'm trying my best to get to Eldritch Smite. I'm slowly <laughs> working my way there and then I can alpha strike. Once you once you do that, that's uh your your potential damage output for a single round is going to be impressive. Yeah. Um I just but, need to get there. <laughs> um so uh anyway, um, after the combat, the, uh, essentially what we were presented with was the option to either stay where we were and hold the territory that we were in, or the storm giant could put us in any other sector of the city to help them fight. And the, uh, the caveat was that if we didn't help the other sections of the city, that they would incur worse damage or be destroyed or, you know, whatever. So that's kind of the way it was put to us. So we opted to not only split two ways, but three ways, uh, with two people going to three different districts to try and, uh, you know, stem the tide of this uh, big invasion. Uh, the castles that had been dropping giants on our head had moved off, whether that was due to them having, uh, released all the, uh, jump troops that they had, or if it was because the storm giant showed up, we weren't sure, but the castles had, uh, the cloud giant castles had moved off. And so we ended up splitting up three ways and then, 
everybody was given the option to, uh, if their characters were in combat, then they were in it. But all of the, all of the players that weren't in combat had the option to assume the role of NPCs and engage in, in the combat. So securing spare parts took the first half of the session. And then I had to duck out for the second half because I work today. So, um, they, and then, so it was the combat session over at like the Omar and Steelworks, right? Yep. So um, we went three different directions, you and, um, who, who went with you? Portia? No. Lars. Uh, Lars and TikTok came with Lars me. and TikTok, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, um, the way we separated and I, I don't think it's good to separate at all in a party like this, but let alone into thirds. Yeah. But we were split into thirds and I think three of us, um, had was just like, well, I have a relationship with this person. I'm going to this district. Um, Portia had a relationship with lady Kiris. So she's like, I'm going up there to help. Um, well, I, I, I'll say four because Prue was in a, Prue had a, one a person as well um i'm like i have a relationship with lady omarin i'm going over to forge light and helping out her and uh, winifred's just like well the amount of people i care about are on one hand and the one of them is in the harbor so i'm going to the harbor and at first it was going to be you and me going to forge light for to help lady omarin but i suggested that you go with Winifred instead just to kind of like separate our tankiness. It Not also that I didn't help, want to have you with me. It also helped the healers. Yes. So we ended up having a kind of a damage dealer and a someone who could throw heals in all three groups. Yep, we had like a damage dealer and a support role for every every um pairing. Um and then we also had an ally with us as thrown in there as well. Um, so Winifred went to the harbor, you went with Winifred, Lars came with me, Portia and Prue went to Embers, Prue, um, and to help Lady Kiris, Prue went there because when we got on, um, Princess Sarissa's hand, the storm giant, she, Prue, like, saw, like, I don't know if she saw, um, her father specifically, or if it was, like, you just she just knew he was in the area so the two of them were just like we're going there and they took velos um myself and lars took tick tick and um rightfully so gorko went with um winifred and keelan yep and uh and uh velos is the uh guy that we healed in that uh fishbone bar and ended up working security for spare parts. Yep. So, uh, Tick Tick was the kind of mantis thing. I don't remember the name of the race that um, we met before we even went on our uh, very first out. Well, we were on our first outing, and it was kind of, um, and Tick Tick was getting mugged. <laughs> that was our yep. introduction to combat in session one. Um, so with that being said, um, all of these, all of these are taking place at the same time. So while, even though the combat got resolved with, um, myself and Lars and Tick Tick and the Forge, Forge Light area, we're gonna, next session, we're gonna go and play out the, the Harbor District and the, the other district with lady curious with Portia and Prue where all of these battles are going on at the same time, but we're just playing them out one at a time because I think it would be a nightmare to do like one round of combat in this session. Okay. We'll hop over to this. Yeah. Um, that would take map, Do one round of combat, hop over to this map, do one, one round of combat. So we're just individually taking these things. Yeah. With that being totally take forever if you did it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With that being said, um, Princess Sarissa took us, and I think like it was a combination of like 
I can't remember. The only thing I remember is like Featherfall of what Teddy said. It was a combination of like magics to where. Yeah. So she like raised her hand up with us in, in her hand and then levitated even up farther so that we could see the, yes. the rest of the city. Then she was able to use magic to send us however we wanted to go to whatever districts we wanted to go to. And yeah, he mentioned it was like a feather fall that, um, so that we didn't just go plummeting to the ground. Um, yep. and then it, all, it, it also, um, replenished 10 HP and two spell slots. Yeah. So, um, that did not put me up to full, but got me, I think within 10 of full and also replenished all my spells because I'd, I, I'd only slung two. Yeah, I was stingy with my spell slots because I knew this would be like a big fight coming up. And I didn't necessarily need to use any spells in the last fight. If I'd known I was going to get some replenished, I probably would have been a little bit more frugal with my spell slots. But hindsight is twenty twenty. It's fine. Um, I've more than well made up using my spell slots in this fight. Um, and yeah, so... The HP certainly helped me out a bit because, ironically enough, I never got hit technically. Uh, there was three instances where I had to use shield to avoid damage. So if I didn't, I would have gotten hit. But as I'll explain since you were gone at this point, um, <laughs> those instances where I used shield would have done half my health. Yikes. Yeah, that's the thing. These the opponents that we're facing. I mean, other than like the L or the the Dro, which are obviously uh, very. I mean, they're like hitting twice, and you know they're doing you know low to mid twenties, which is still pretty good damage. But these giants are hitting for you know high thirties, low forties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the giants hit like a truck and and the elephants also hit like a truck too um but yeah so we'll um i'll pick us up off and continue on with the second half of the session oh, with before that. before you do um okay. winifred found a reason to go help one of the storm lord's districts um <laughs> because he, he ended up going to the harbor district with keelan but uh said that his primary concern was we just got the ship fixed and he didn't want it to get destroyed <laughs> that, yes that's very valid <laughs> like you know what that is a good reason to go that's a thousand gold yeah i honestly i thought initially thought we were going to split into three two pairs of three but then Winifred was just like well we just fixed the ship and the ship's probably in the harbor so i'm going to the harbor and i'm just like you know what that's that's smart yeah so uh okay go ahead yeah so this is the part that i, I actually took over steel jack um and did one round of combat yes, before um, we had our break we yep um everyone had the option to uh like you mentioned earlier adopt an npc so they weren't just sitting around watching other people play during their times teddy was nice and he's like hey we got a list of npcs we got a list of allies that we've gotten throughout the campaign um you are more than welcome to adopt this character and be a part of this fight um you adopted steeljack crew uh adopted um tick tick and um Winifred <laughs> the mad lad took over uh Gordon Ashlord the fire giant that we met really early on in session 1 and I've ran into a couple times before so did you notice when we started the fight that Gordon was down about half of his hit points almost everyone has been down half their hit points yeah, as soon as we took him over yeah did you notice how many hit points he had uh, it was triple digits. I know that much. At half, it was triple digits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, holy crap. We'd, yep. be, <laughs> we'd be chopping on that dude's legs for a long time before he fell. Yep. So, um, quickly in the fight, I learned, and there wasn't much I could do, 
um, I learned that Gordon was our win con for this fight because we had two fire giants, um, two elephants mounted with two um, drow each, and there was a couple drow on the ground and a slew of magmen that were just littered across the battlefield. And those, I think, probably did the most damage to us. Well, not to us, more towards our the our friendly allies, you know, like the guards and whatnot. Because, um, I'll just say this right now, none of the guards survived. All right. Um, well, I kind of assumed that would be the case. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the magmen would just run up and, you know, they would hit. And, you know, people were being lit on fire or the hits would miss and then when they die they explode and then you got to make a deck save or take more damage and it was just and it was just a nightmare and steeljack had like an amulet or something that was protecting him from the explosive fire damage yes i think that was the only time it came up um because him and i were surrounded by drow rather than magmen um but yeah so we kicked things off like that uh lars did an acrobatics check across lava to then make an another i think it was a dexterity save or something or a dexterity check of some sorts um to then jump on a building or no not jump on the building he used it to run up the elephant and get on top of the elephant and attack the drow that were sitting atop the elephant did a full on legless. I think was the way that it was described. This was yes. first round. So I was still there for that one. Yes. And, um, uh, and then as soon as he got up there and he had two draw opponents, he's like, I think I made a mistake coming up here. Yeah. Um, and by the way, um, all of this is in like a city urban fighting. So there's like warehouse buildings scattered across the land. Most of it was fairly open. Um, so that's why I'm not really describing the landscape all that much. Um, so yeah, that happened. I pretty much just jumped into the fray of things. Um, I had very bad luck hitting these drow. And I quickly learned that um, I would need like advantage or a really good roll to land a hit because i think i green flame bladed um three times and i only hit once Ooh, that's rough yeah um so then i eldritch blast a lot in this fight which is really fun um, but yeah, I threw myself in the thick of things um lady omarin started things off with a it was like a spike spell spike. I can't remember. Oh, it's like exact. spike growth or, um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Teddy thought it was a 20 by 20, uh, basically, uh, square that was uh, affected. <laughs> and, and, uh, mask was like, uh, no, it's a 20 foot radius. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it was like double in size. Yeah. And that was really helpful because that took care of a lot of magmen. Because if you moved any five feet, you move within it, you take 2d6 worth of damage. That's um, pretty rough. And, and so that killed off a lot of magmen that um, halted a lot of the drow that were there. The fire giants could not care less about the thing. They took their damage for starting in it and did like an athletics check and crit and just jumped out of it and got in the thick of things. Um, one one of the fire giants went to the top. Uh, the other fire giant, they have names, but I can't remember them, so I apologize for that, um, went to the bottom and engaged in combat with Gordon. And we had a little uh, a little guy who was a healer um iraq or Ar- i think was his name um he was very helpful and i think gave a heal to just about almost everyone he could especially gordon um and he just was keeping everyone alive towards the end he was like 
I've used all my spell slots. There's nothing more I can do. We're still in the thick of things in that fight. Um, and, you know, we just kind of, it was just a melee brawl. And we did not have good rolls. Um, because Gordon and one of the fire giants had a, they had the same initiative, a 19.9 or not 19, a 9.99. Um, and they were swapping back who goes first every other turn. And Gordon, I mean, Winifred was playing Gordon, so I'm not blaming him. Uh, but man, the rolls were just so bad. He had a plus 11 to attack, and Oof. he was rolling twos and fours. Oh, jeez. That's rough. Twos and fours constantly. Uh, it was just so bad and then of course the fire giant wasn't missing at all and was dealing out like 28 31 damage you know very very high and we were just like gordon please live at that point it came apparent to me we were just like i need to stall or i need to do something to allow gordon to get some hits in because at this rate, Gordon's going to go down, and we still have two fire giants at full HP, basically. And we're down our win con, basically. Hmm. Um, so, at this point, um, this is where it, it gets a little crazy. Because I, I partially because I don't remember, and a lot happened at the same time. So I might be jumping back and forth and some things might be out of order on how I explained it, but I'll just try and hit the key points as best as I can. Um, while Lars was atop of the elephant, he was getting royally messed up. So I shield of faith him just because I didn't want him to die. And that was all I could do at the moment for him. I'm like, because I'm, like 30 40 feet away from him engaged in melee combat and he's taking hits and losing health he was like a quarter health at one point and i'm just like listen Lars, like all i can do right now is just give you two more ac and just hope that's enough and then um prue with tick tick decided um to use their superior jumping capability to uh as she said at mario jump from the ground to the roof and then from the roof to atop the elephant and then assist lars in melee combat there um and then so question you know yes did your shield of faith ever come into play i don't think so okay go ahead if it did i didn't notice it did um i think it was either he got hit and it was just too high or the roll was too low that it didn't matter and um so i don't think my shield of faith ever came to fruition um and i never got hit so i didn't really need to make any constitution saves to keep the concentration up um so they were on the top of the map dealing with that um, at some point, Lars Tasha's hideous laughter, one of the drow and got him on the ground laughing on top of the elephant. Um, Prue with tick, tick kicked the other drow off of the, off the elephant and onto the ground, taking some fall damage. And then another turn of combat happened and Lars just pushed the other guy that was on the floor or on top of the elephant laughing, he pushed him off, and then they were in control of the elephant, more or less. They had to make some animal handling checks to direct it into what they wanted to do. And they took out a couple drow um, that way, and um, at this point, you know, things were thinning down. I think almost all the magmen are gone. We're thinning down the drow. Um almost all of i think at this point there was like two guards left and the fire giants were virtually untouched there that's, was a few that's pretty scary few, right there yes 
there's a few attacks from Gorodon and the one down below. Um, they were engaged in melee attack. They exchanged blows back and forth, but he had so much health it looked like he was virtually untouched. Um, at some point, I'll just explain what Tick Tick and Lars were doing, and then I'll bounce down to what I, what me, Steeljack, Gordon, and Omarin and Arakan were doing at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the the area. Um, so then Lars jumped off the elephant onto a roof, um, because it was very apparent that the only enemies left was the fire giant and themselves and the next target was going to be the fire giant on them and if he landed a hit on them they would die almost a guarantee they would die okay or at least or at least go into death saving throw territory and all of us are in a clusterfuck at the bottom so Lars got off the the elephant jumped on a rooftop and then decided to jump from rooftop to rooftop, which was like a 20 foot gap. Um, and he had to make like a, uh, he had to beat like a DC of like 20 or something. Maybe it was like 15. It was pretty significant DC. And of course, Lars nailed the role and just <laughs> acrobatics, <laughs> flipping his way, ballerina style, triple axle twist, whatever from one roof to the other, um, getting away. Tick Tick decided to, Prue and Tick Tick decided to um, angle the elephant towards the fire giant, and then she slapped its butt to get it to move and charge the fire giant. And and as she did that, she would jump off the fire giant onto the roof next, or sorry, she would jump off the elephant onto the roof that was next to him. And that worked. But unfortunately, the opposing athletics or strength check um, from the fire giant made it to where it failed. And Teddy described it as like, if you see like a little guy going up against a big guy and the little guy is taking a whole bunch of swings, but the big guy just has like a hand to the top of their head and they're just missing <laughs> all of their swings. He essentially described it as like that. And then the next turn, the fire giant promptly just killed the elephant and was working his way around to the bottom of the map. That still sounds like it was a good delay tactic. Yes, it at least bought a turn. Maybe two. Um then uh I don't I don't exactly know how this came about because it was a lot of I'll help you do this to gain advantage to do this, but by doing this I get disadvantage, but since I have advantage, it's now neutral, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Prue and Tick Tick, Prue Tick Tick, Prue Tick, whatever. Um, uh, and Lars. How about Tiku? Huh? How about Tiku? Tiku? Prue. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but they decided to jump from the roof that they were on and jump onto the fire giant and try and stab his eyes out and give him, uh, I guess, the blindness condition. Ooh, yikes. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. So, uh, so just, just as a, just as an aside real quick, as a DM, I very, very rarely ever call a shot. Um, and unless my players start calling shots, if my players are going to go for hamstrings or eyes or anything like that, then their DM is going to start doing that too. So hopefully Teddy's not in that same vein, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. So through a combination of roles, I think it ultimately failed to where both Prutik, I'm going to go with Prutik, um, and Lars were just hanging off of the fire giant. And um, I'll leave that right there because I'll now describe what I was doing at the bottom of the map with Gorodon and Omarin and Steeljack because the 
the fire giant that Prutik and Lars are fighting died second. Well, I guess, spoiler alert, he died. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He died. Um, (laughs) Okay, so back at the bottom of the map, Omarin's taking her pistol, firing off shots, putting Hunter's mark on people, you know, outright just dealing some damage. Uh, Steeljack, my man. Oh, Steeljack had a rough time. He was, he had two swings, and every single turn of combat he had, he crit failed one of them. Oh, wow. And I don't remember if he missed or landed the second one, but it was very noticeable that almost every single turn he had, he crit failed uh, a swing. And And you guys were not doing well on rolls. You were right. Yeah. Wait until I tell you about what Gordon. Well, I did tell you what Gordon was doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, we're surrounded by Drow. They're slowly dying. Most of the Magmen are dead. Gordon and the first fire giant. I'm at the bottom. I'm going to call him first because he died first. Spoiler alert. Um, we're engaged in melee combat. Um, a few things happened to where Steeljack climbed the second elephant at the bottom, and he was engaged in combat with the Drow atop them. Hence his his double attack in missing one, and the other one just happened. Um, because they were engaged, like, once he climbed that elephant, it was, like, four or five turns of him engaged in combat with that drow, and just exchanging blows or missing blows. Uh, Omar and I did, like, a tag team on, uh, a drow, both giving us advantage and killing that drow. Um, at this point, a draken, the little healer guy, um, he was just, he healed Steeljack, then he ran over, healed a guard, then he came back and healed Gorodon. Um, I think he healed Gorodon twice, if I remember correctly, because Gorodon was just taking hits and just, it was bad. It was real bad. He was at least at a quarter health throughout the entire fight. He was easily like a crit away from dying. Hmm. Um, so this at this point I realize Gordon's taking hits um, I'm surrounded I'm not landing my hits I can't Eldritch Blast because it would be because I'm in melee combat um, so I got the idea <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to work but I had to try something I used my command spell on the fire giant and, and what'd you command him to do? I had a multiple of things I could do, you know, like move, attack, halt, uh, grovel, flee. Um, I had a multiple things I could do. I was debating between flee and grovel. Um, I think in the future I'll go with grovel more than flee, depending on the situation. But I chose flee this time because I thought... If he failed and fled, that's what, that's like a fire giant we don't have to deal with at this moment. And it would invoke an opportunity of attack from Gorodon, thereby dealing damage. You know, that was kind of my thought process. Um, I probably should have gone with Grovel. In the end, it didn't matter. Uh, because a fire giant critted his wisdom saving throw and just was like highly highly offended that a lowly little half-elven paladin was ballsy enough to give a command to a fire giant. (laughs) And in doing so, the fire giant, which I'm actually okay with, because it took aggro away from Gorodon and put it towards myself, which was kind of what was my goal. Um, The fire giant, Teddy said, took like a column from a building nearby and hurled it at me. He just threw the pillar at me. And if I remember correctly from, um, from the previous fight when at spare parts with, um, Bubba's when he threw a rock, it was like 4d 10 damage. Yeah. It was crazy. It was something crazy of the like. 
Uh, and of course, you know, this was one of the moments where I had to shield and not to not get hit because it would have done half my health. It was like a 24, or like 26, and I only have like 42 HP. Um, so yeah, I promptly shielded that and just went like, okay, let's, <laughs> I mean, in the end, I, it worked, but it didn't work how I wanted. And so that was my attempt to help Gordon. Um, at this point, the drow were pretty much all dead. Um, Steeljack and Arakan jumped on top of the elephant. They were engaged in melee combat with the true two drow up there. Um, Gordon and the fire giant still exchanging blows. Um, Gordon would hit every once in a while, but he was still rolling twos and fours and just not landing hits at all that's a shame (laughs) i know i mean we would have been done easily three to four turns of combat ago if gordon landed a hit or two more than he did because there was moments where gordon or oh okay so winifred if winifred was taken and i did prutik so i gotta do winadon (laughs) okay or or gorifred Gorafrid, I kind of like that. Um, Gorafrid, uh, the Merciless, <laughs> woke, he woke up um, towards the end of the battle. Um, that's when he, um, he started actually landing some hits. And it was at this point where I'm like, okay, I ran up to face the giant fire giant i didn't run up to him directly i was a good like 20 15 feet away and i told teddy i'm like listen i'm not i can't spend any more spell slots because i'm out at this point i have no more spell slots but i still and i can't channel divinity either to do a taunt so i'm like i'm just gonna straight up talk to him and taunt him directly verbally because and what i said was like look around you everyone's injured or weak i'm untouched why don't you fight me instead and have a worthy opponent rather than pick off the weak um so that was a persuasion check and that worked surprisingly <laughs> enough uh i think at this point there was one guard left and the fire giant just Killed the guard and was just like, okay, this guard was just in my way. Killed him, and then he tackled me. Uh, he tackled me to the ground, and I it was opposing opposing strength, athletics, whatever. I failed, and I was knocked down prone. Um, and Paolo Amarin was like screaming out, was like, no, don't do this, like, you're crazy, or whatever. And um, I forgot to mention this a long time ago, but the fire giants or whoever is attacking us, they want the toe. The mechanical toe we found ages ago. Yeah, I was going to bring that up at the end of this, but yeah, they they were uh, they mentioned that if we were to surrender that that toe, that they might leave us alone. Yes. So, with Gorodon at quarter health, I'm knocked prone, um, Palo Amarin is taken, she's under half as well. She's not looking so good. Um, she was, she was just like, okay, okay, okay. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. She, she's like, the toe isn't here, but I know where it is. And she's like, just, just stop fighting. Oh and no. I know. I didn't say anything, but I was, was just like, oh, this can't be good. Um. But what happened was, is the fire giants just kept attacking us, despite what she said. So then she fired off her pistol and was doing some damage there. Um, and then um, she used her her bonus action or something. She used uh, an aid action to get me up from prone. And I was in a position to where I could melee attack the fire giant. But with Green Flame Blade, I feel like I wouldn't, that fire would have been negated because I'm doing fire damage to a fire giant. So 
that wouldn't work. So I still could have meleeed and just not had the extra D8 worth of damage, but I opted to Eldritch Blast, and it would have been I, which I didn't do in the end because the fire giant was like five feet away from me at this point. So I would have had different, or I would have had disadvantage on my Eldritch Blast. So no spell slots, not really wanting to melee attack, disadvantage to ranged attack. I didn't know what to do. And at this point, Omarin was behind me. She was looking kind of weak. Gorodon was really weak. I'm like, I have to do something. And I was torn between using Lay on Hands on Omarin or using Lay on Hands on um, Gorifrid. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and because I wanted to heal Omarin because of the relationship Tavane has with her. But in the grand scheme of things, if I heal her and Gorodon goes down, then we lose because the fire giants are both of them are still active. The one that at the bottom, the first one is at this point, I think he's like at double digits, but like probably like 80 HP or something. Um, so he's looking kind of haggard, but he's still incredibly a huge threat. So I healed Gorafrid instead. I used 10 points of healing, leaving myself four left. Um, and I was just like, that's all I can do, because if I do any bonus actions, I lose concentration on Shield of Faith with Lars. Um, Lay on Hands is my action. I don't really want to move and evoke an opportunity of attack from a fire giant. And so I just, I healed Gorafrid and prayed. And that's when Gorafrid woke up and started landing attacks. And he, Gorafrid, just tore through that first fire giant and killed them. Nice. Which was good. Yeah. Which was really good. Because then the only threat left at this point was the other fire giant. There's still a drow and an elephant alive, but Steeljack and Irakin. Iridakin, I think. I can't get his name correctly. Um, They're still engaged in melee combat, but in the grand scheme of things, the fire giant is a threat. Not not the drow on top of an elephant. (laughs) So, Gorafrid picked up the other greatsword of the now-fallen fire giant, excuse me, and ran across a field and engaged in melee combat with the second fire giant that has Lars and Prutik hanging off of them. And now, Gorafred gets three attacks instead of two, because he has another greatsword. Oh, wow. It still is dicey at this point, but this is where it gets a little hazy for me. I don't remember how Prutik and... Oh, I do remember. Um, The second fire giant was getting really, really annoyed with Prutik because she would just like jump on him and like try and go for the eyes. And or like every time she would hit him, she would do like five damage. So it was kind of like a literal insect was just like bothering him. So he threw Prutik across the map. I think it was like 20 or 30 feet. Um, She landed fine because of her insect legs. And then um, through a series of like dexterity saves and constitution saves and like a D8 or or something like that um, coming from Lars, all of it was to determine which way he was going to be thrown. And if he was going to be thrown far or if he's going to like fall damage or whatever. Well, it just so happened that Lars was thrown to Gorafrid and landed on Gorafrid's shoulder like a little parrot. Of course. (laughs) Um, A little flexing parrot. Yeah. And so Lars did some spell slinging. He's like, well, I can touch Gorafrid now. So cure wounds as my action, healing word as my bonus action, and gave him like... 30-something HP or something like that because he upcasted them. Oh, nice. 
And that's... And then Gordon was just like, yeah, like, getting them more HP because it's now... It's now all or nothing. If Gorodon goes down, we can probably take finish off the second fire giant, but it will be a, like at a cost, like to the lives or something. But if not, we could get Gorfred to just finish off the other fire giant, and then everything's fine. Um, so that's how pretty much how it ended is me running from the bottom of the map to the top of the map and slinging out some Eldritch Blasts to help deal some damage. Um, I Eldritch Blast five times, so I got ten beams. And I landed five of them and missed five. Well, 50%. Um... So, yeah, I was 50% accurate with my Eldritch Blast. And Um, actually, that's probably a pretty good percentage. Um, they had a fairly high armor class. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so that's just pretty much how the rest of the combat ended was, it was just everyone ganging up on the last fire giant. Um, lady Omar was taking pot shots with their pistol. Um, uh, tick, tick was attacking. Lars was a healing machine on Gorodon, Gorfred. And Gorfred was three attacks, three hits, um, dealing a bunch of damage, and inevitably um, killing the second fire giant, thereby leaving the final enemies on the map being the drow on top of the elephant with Steeljack and Iridakin. And those guys finish them off, or? Yeah. Long story short, they they got finished off. Um, It was another... It took another turn of combat because everyone had a turn to fight this drow and everyone missed. Oh, jeez. So it took another turn of combat to where Gorafrid, coming from the top of the map after finishing off the second fire giant, to then going back to the bottom of the map to kill the elephant and thereby killing the drow on top of him due to fall damage. Because he killed the elephant, and the elephant fell. The drow fell, taking fall damage, dying. Um, Iridakin took some... No, he didn't, because he was on top of his velociraptor, so he made a dex save and landed perfectly fine. But Steeljack fell, and he's on, like, 1 HP off of the fall damage. But that was it. Combat was done. Another district saved. The district is saved. A lot of people are... I think Lars and I both are tapped out on spell slots. Um, He, Lars, is like at half health. Tick Tick is doing pretty good. I don't know... I I, I don't know how... If Pru Tick has any more spell slots left. But they're looking pretty good on health. Gorafrid is just... Oh man, if we didn't heal him... It was that was that combat could have gone a completely different way. Um, Iridakin was fairly untouched. Um, Lady Omarin was has looked better days. Um, and I came out virtually unscathed. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was combat that was really intense throughout the whole time. Um, oh, there was one moment. Um, I forgot about this. When Gorafred was taking on the second fire giant, he crit missed. And if the fire giant took an opportunity of attack on Gorafred, I think that would have been the end of it. But Lars had an inspiration and gave it to Gorafred, and thereby <laughs> negating uh, um, that crit miss. Very nice. And there was also another moment, I'm just now remembering all this stuff, sorry, um, when fighting the first fire giant down at the bottom of the of the area, uh, Gorfred got critted. And at this point, I, t- I quickly typed in chat, and I'm just like, Lars, do you have any cutting words or anything just to get rid of that crit? Because he did 34 plus 21, so it was like 55 damage. And 
on on one crit and i'm like lars please just like if you have cutting words just it does it's still gonna hit but at least we'll save <laughs> gorefred 21 points of damage and not make it a crit anymore and, and lars has- yeah, Lars used his cutting words and got rid of that damage. Nice. And and that was pretty much it. Um at towards the end, Lady Omarin is just evil, crazy, cackling, laughing because that was a hell of a fight. Um she <laughs> ran up and hugged Gorfred's leg and she's just like, You fought like a thousand for a thousand men, just like take a rest. Um she went to Steeljack and just like, You fought well too. And hundred we running, huh? Steel Jack was only a hundred, not a thousand. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we were running close to game time, so things were wrapping up. And um, if if I think if I remember correctly, I think Lars and I are gonna make our way. Maybe Tick Tick too, because they might they're in pretty good shape. Um, we'll probably make our way over to Porsche and Prue and see if we can hop in and help them in their combat. Because they're just a district over towards us. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, but uh, didn't Teddy say all these were happening simultaneous? Yes. So I doubt we'll be able to get there in time. But, you know, I mean, I may not have any spell slots, but I still have full HP and I can swing a sword and sling some Eldritch Blast. So I'm... As far as Tavane is concerned, she can still fight. Just not as effectively. And if I take a hit, I'm going to have to accept it at this point. (laughs) All right. Well, that was definitely um, both of these combats, the one at Spare Parts and the one that was in that district, are um, they've been pretty brutal. Uh, Very easy to die in these kinds of combats. Yes, um, I th- I think that aftermath talking chat, um, like you know, once sessions over, we were all talking as players. Um, Mask was just like, you know, for two people, that was a hell of a fight. But if all of us were there, that was an easy fight we could have overcame. And I fully agree with that. It's just like if all of us were there, these fights are dangerous, but they're not that bad. But since it's just pairs of us, oh. Yeah. Um I hope the other districts have a Gordon because without them without him this would have been a whole different story. Well, I mean uh sometimes retreat is the better part of valor. <laughs> so if uh I mean if a fight is just hopeless, there's no sense in just standing there dying. It I will admit that there was at one point, especially when Omarin was just like, okay, okay, stop fighting. I know where the toe is. I, that was the point where I'm just like, are we going to retreat? Or like, are we going to give up the district? And But, you know, we we managed to turn it around and fuck, it was a hell of a fight, man. Well, that sounds pretty awesome. Sorry, I missed it. It, it was high stakes. All of us were, I think, I'm can't speak for the others but speaking for myself i was staring at that chat with like every every role that came in i was like i was on the edge of my sheet edge of my seat waiting for the roles to come in i was like oh my god what's gonna happen (laughs) all right so very quickly before we wrap up i have the toll the dead report I cast Toll the Dead at the Spare Parts fight two times and actually landed one for three whole points of necrotic damage. So uh, 50% for the session. That brings my uh, Toll the Dead uh, ratio eight hits to 25 tries. I actually broke 30. It's 32% is my... Uh, right. landed percentage now so it's on its way up yeah um so um anything else that we need to cover before we wrap it up we're sitting right at the hour mark um i believe i covered just about as much as i can remember from the second half of the session 
well, like I said, it sounded exciting and sorry I had to miss it, but, um, all right. Well, if that's the end of it, uh, it was definitely an exciting episode and, uh, looking forward to the next one where we'll hopefully get through both of the other district combats. So, um, Kat, appreciate you, uh, doing the heavy lifting on this one and, uh, taking the time out of your day. That's no problem. That's fine. All right, man. Well, uh, until I get to see you again, we will talk to you later.